Let's preview the upcoming week slash weeks for fantasy basketball. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am absolutely devastated by Kylie Jenner's new haircut. I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore b-ball on TikTok at redrock underscore b-ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MBA. That is linkedin.com slash locked on MBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. All right, you're going to be a double banger. Go listen to the audio, watch the video. Someone took me seriously and said, Josh, I don't think we actually really need to listen to these shows twice. No, you don't. You're right. You absolutely don't. It's more just to like, hey, go and if you listen to the audio, then just go to YouTube and just play it. Let it play through. Let's get the algorithm to, to love it and push it out further. That's all. That's all. But I do have actually something. I tweeted this out and I did post it. Um, my partner's business is nominated for an award here in Australia. Uh, and I would love if you guys could just help vote for us. So I'm going to put the link um, in the description below. And if you guys could to chuck a vote on there, it'd be much appreciated for us uh, just to help get her business a little bit more um, a bit more awareness uh, in the local community down here. So that'd be awesome if you could do that. And yeah, like I'm shamelessly using this platform to help boost uh, boost her chances. But that's fine. We'll, we'll do it. All right, we are here to talk about the upcoming week in fantasy basketball. It is week 17. This is where week designations get tricky because some of you will have uh, situations where this next week, and most of you will have week 17 and week 18 of the real NBA schedule combined into one week, and which turns into fantasy week 17. But that's where it gets confusing because then some of you won't and you'll play separate weeks over this two-week period, meaning that when we start referencing week numbers, it becomes much better now to start talking dates and referencing them that way. So there's no confusion because again, this is the all-star break coming up. So we've got four days of games coming up in this week and then four days of games coming up in the next week. So it's an eight game day period. And usually the fantasy sides will push that into one combined matchup. So usually you have seven days of matchups. This time we've got eight. There are some sites and some setups which don't do that, which I think is a bad idea. And they have two separate four day matchups. I don't like that idea. So I'm going to be referencing most of this stuff based on the combined week 17 slash 18, which all transfers into fantasy week 17 across the all-star break. So we play Monday to Thursday. There's a big break. And then we play Thursday through to Sunday in that second half of the week. And it does make for some interesting things regarding the fantasy value or the fantasy things that we need to be um, paying attention to here. And it's an actually terrible time for streaming, to be honest. We have got on Monday, 10 games, busy day, probably not a streamer. Tuesday, six games, that's fine. Wednesday, 13, some might say a little bit too busy. And Thursday, three games before the beginning of the All-Star Week festivities. And then we get back to work the following week after All-Star on Thursday with just an absurd run of games. 12 games on Thursday, 10 games on Friday, three games on Saturday, 
11 games on Sunday. So if you are playing in a league where this matchup is split up and in that second half of the week, which would be week 18 for you, out of those four days, there's really one streaming day. You've got 12, 10, 3, 11. That's just an absurd amount of games. Basically, every team is playing three and four nights to end that week. It's just a lot. So we've got eight game days in total, but in reality, we've only got three streaming days. Tuesday, Thursday, and then Saturday in the second week across eight days. So it's a really, really bad look at streaming. What we do have, though, are some really interesting schedule uh, changes or schedule um, quirks, I guess, coming up. And we'll talk about the games. We've got the Golden State Warriors, who are the only team to play six games. Now, they weren't scheduled to play six games across this time frame. One of them was the rescheduled game uh, due to the, the passing of their assistant coach. So they've got the rescheduled game that's chucked in here. So they have six games over this eight-day period, this two-week period. I'm just going to call it from now on week 17, right? So they've got six games in week 17. We have uh, 15 teams that play five games. The Hornets, the Cavs, the Nuggets, Rockets, Clippers, Lakers, Bucks, Wolves, Pelicans, Magic, Sixers, Suns, Spurs, Jazz, Wizards. Five games across the, those eight nights in week 17. We have got 13 teams that only play four games during that time frame. Atlanta, Brooklyn, Boston, Chicago and Dallas, Detroit, Indiana, Memphis, the Knicks, the Thunder, the Blazers, the Kings and the Raptors. So the four games there. And then there is one unfortunate team who plays one game and that's the Miami Heat. And across this week 17 matchup, the difference between having a Golden State Warriors player who plays six games and having a Heat player who plays one is stark. It is a huge difference. But as usual, as always, the volume of games is important but it is not everything. When you play the games is way more important, or especially when you're talking streaming and adding and who am I getting off the wire, when those games are played, especially when a situation like this where they're just all high volume games, basically, you can find some very, very weird things pop up over the course of this week. For example, there are three quality game days across this time frame, And one team, the Minnesota Timberwolves, Timberwolves, not one of them, Minnesota Timberwolves, they're the only team that play on all three of those days, Tuesday, Thursday, and then week two, Saturday. They're the only team. But there are 14 out of the 30 NBA teams who do not play a single quality game across week 17. 14 teams. I'll read them out. The Hornets, the Cavs, the Nuggets, the Rockets, the Clippers, the Pelicans, the Sixers, the Spurs, the Wizards. Those teams that I just read out are teams with five games with zero quality games. So, your Bilal Kulabalis, your Keldon Johnsons, your Jeremy Sohans, your maybe Buddy Heald, Kelly Oubre, DeAnthony Melton for Philadelphia, uh, your Pelicans and Herb Jones, um, Larry Nance, maybe even Valentunas, probably not though, your Clippers and, and a Westbrook or even a Zubats, your Rockets, if it's maybe a Jabari Smith, a Jalen Green, a definite Cam Whitmore and a Men Thompson, is he going to be startable? The Nuggets, well, you probably don't have, maybe it's like, oh, it's obviously KCP, who's got a cramp that he's caused uh, two games to miss from. Uh, the Cavs with no quality games, the Hornets with no quality games. So we might be looking at stashing a, a Trey Mann, or we might have Nick Richards, uh, but do we even start them at all? It's tough, man. Zero quality games. And that's not even including the other teams that have zero qualities. Atlanta, Chicago, Dallas, Indiana, and Toronto have zero quality games as well. 14 teams. The Warriors play six games, and they have one quality game. One. So we go, that's great. I'm going to stream in Brandon Pajemski. You might use him once. You might use him twice, but you might use him once. 
Like Kaminga and Steph, cool, no problem. But how often are you going to play Clay Thompson? Once? Twice? Pajemski the same? Wiggins? Like Draymond? It's really bad. Now, one seems bad. Remember, the, the most any team has is three. So it's not like other teams have got four or five. But it is still a big, big difference. The Heat have three games for the week, but they've got the same amount of quality games as the Warriors. So a stream of Jaime Jaquez, a Duncan Robinson, a Josh Richardson might have a similar value to a Pajemski, even though they're worse players, um, even though they play three fewer games for the week. There's a bunch of teams that do have two quality games. Milwaukee, Orlando, Brooklyn, Boston, Detroit, and Portland, they have two quality games. So behind Minnesota in terms of um, value of streaming, they're the teams that that come in, uh, in in that position. It is just a weird week, and it happens often when we're in this situation with with the All-Star break and trying to adjust how the schedule looks. We need to pay attention to it. Today's, uh, today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. When you are hiring for your small business, you want to make sure you find the quality of professionals who are right for your role. That is why you should be checking out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn gives you access to over 1 billion professionals, making it the best place to hire. It gives you access to those professionals that you can't find anywhere else. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's a pretty pretty high success rate. LinkedIn knows that you are, as a small business owner or a hiring person, you're wearing so many different hats. You are dealing with staff, ongoing staff problems, HR problems, marketing issues, uh, front-facing customer stuff, and then you've got to deal with getting the right staff in for hiring. Well, LinkedIn helps to make that easier for you. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA. That is linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, let's go back uh, to, through the next part of the schedule. We've looked at those quality games. Again, a very weird week. Just all be aware of this. In terms of the stream zone and how we're approaching streaming for the week, we've only got the three quality games across eight days. You can, at the start of the week, just add a Minnesota Timberwolves player because they play every quality game. So maybe they, this is the time for a, a Nas Reed. It is time for Jaden McDaniels. It might be value in Monte Morris in that position. It might be Kyle Anderson, Nikhil Alexander-Walker. And then you've got the rest of your ads. And most leagues, you'll have to check your individual settings, but most leagues won't change your amount of waiver ads. Usually for the entire two-week period, you will have the same amount of ads. The four ads, it's one matchup, four ads per matchup. Some sites, and I believe ESPN does this, they will bump up your ads. Now, I think the default on ESPN is seven ads per seven days. And I correct me if I'm, maybe I'm wrong on this. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they make it so it's 14 ads. I could be completely wrong on that. I don't play on ESPN. I haven't for a long time. But I know that someone mentioned to me that there was a, when there was a week the other day when there was only um, six, game, six days worth of games that they only, had, they only gave them six ads, which seemed pretty crazy. So I know Yahoo doesn't change that. You still get the set amount of ads. Although does, I don't think Yahoo changes it either where at, once Sunday ticks over, you, your ads don't get reset. But be aware of it that you don't actually have that many stream opportunities. So it doesn't really matter how many ads you get. If you get eight of them or seven of them or 14 of them, you're not going to use them for streaming. You can't use them for streaming. So pay more attention to getting guys and stashing them because the All-Star break is a massive time where a few things happen. Obviously, there's a big break, but injuries heal up. 
you're in a situation where it's a very easy marker for teams to go, oh, yeah, you'll be back after the break. Very easy time for that. It's also a really interesting time where teams, coaches, front officers can get down and sit down and go, all right, where are we? What are we doing realistically? What should we do to prioritize the final 30 games of the season, 25 games of the season, whatever it is? What do we do? Do we change our rotations? There are, there'll be certain teams that come out. I don't even know what it'll be or who it'll be, but they'll say, all right, this guy's actually just not in our rotation anymore. We're prioritizing these guys. So look for your bad teams to make big changes of big rotation moves. Someone moves into the starting lineup and you hear an announcement, yeah, he will be our starter rest of season. Nick Smith, Trey Mann come to mind in Charlotte. Maybe it's one of those guys, I don't know. You, maybe it was is Bilal or it's Corey Kispert in Washington who's going off at the moment. He's one of those guys, yeah, we're prioritizing them rest of season. In Detroit, like who knows, like everyone's pretty young there, but like, there are certain changes that start to happen. So use your extra ads to sort of pay attention to that but also to look at the guys that are hurt that might be coming back after the All-Star break. Speaking of injuries and being hurt, two things happened that were interesting. The injury designation on LaMelo Ball's injury was always called soreness. They've changed the word into, say, tendinopathy. Now, I guess that's sort of a similar thing. Tendinopathy is just like a, a, an issue with your... A, a, a pathy is a, an issue, a, a, an illness, a, I don't know, a dysfunction, say, with a tendon. An ankle, tendon, it's, a, it's a similar stuff. But in my mind from my finely tuned idiocy of watching this crap for years and years and years, is that when teams make that little tweak to verbiage, it's for a couple of reasons. It's to give them cover to keep a player out longer because tendinopathy sounds more serious than soreness. It's like going from bruise slash contusion to strain or whatever else they want to call it. That Change in terminology gives an air of um, seriousness to it. Giving more of an excuse to maybe keep him out longer. I don't know. I know Lamella's been doing some pregame warm-ups. It, it seems ridiculous, but that slight change is a little worrying to me. It's just a small thing, but let's watch it. The other one is, is that we were supposed to be getting re-evaluations on Marcus Smart and Desmond Bain after the All-Star break. I think their evaluation dates were like the 22nd and 25th of February, around that time. There was a discussion with Zach Kleiman after the trade deadline yesterday. And when asked about those guys, his response was, they have no timetable. Again, we've talked about no timetable not meaning much in the past because it just means that they're not telling you the date. But the thing that's really important to me there is they had a re-evaluation date. There was a six-week re-evaluation date on what, five weeks of Smart, six weeks of Bain. And we're closing in on that. And now it's like, actually, no, no timetable. So pay attention to that. Remember that nonsense story about Desmond Bain working to cut his recovery time in half and be back in three weeks from a grade three ankle sprain, which was clearly garbage at the time. And that's what I called out as garbage at the time. And that three week has passed. We're four weeks past that now. Um, I, again, don't think that he will play any meaningful uh, games the rest of the season. I don't know that at all. But as soon as that injury happened, that was my read on it. And again, we are trending towards that. With this, again, just slight little things that fly under the radar, they might turn out to be completely false. But sometimes, like I've said this all the time, right? That players, managers, people, people love to talk. They love to give you bits of information, but they won't always give you the proper information or they won't give it to you fully. They sometimes try to make you work for it, but people love speaking. I know this. What about this? I'll tell you this. And they'll just give little bits and pieces out. Like Zach Kleiman, I'm sure, knows. Speculation time, speculation zone. Right. 
I'm sure Zach Kleiman knows there is no way in the world that Desmond Bain is returning this season. Right? This is complete me making this up, but this is how I'm, it's a, I'm pre- presenting a hypothetical. I, I think he knows there's no chance that Desmond Bain is returning. But in order to not fall foul of the player participation policy, in order to still provide some hope or faith for Grizzlies fans, they're not going to come out and say it. But he knows. Des, go out there, do some practice, show your face around, get a bit of hype up, whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, we do this, we do this, but deep down he knows. So then when these little things come out, sometimes the human nature makes you, like you have the urge to just say the truth, but still couching it behind a level of lies. I know I'm getting very deep in the weeds here. So he probably is like, bro, like Des is not coming back, but it's like, oh, when's he come back on? Oh, no timetable. Like, we well, could have just said reevaluation six weeks. Is this getting a little conspiracy theories? I, I guess, I guess it is, yeah. I, I guess it is. So just be be aware of that. Just be aware that if you are... Also, Grizzlies fans, if you're watching this, and Grizzlies fans in general, nearly everyone I've interacted with, they don't want Desmond Bain and Marcus Smart to come back. Not that I don't like them playing or don't think they're good players. Like, we don't need your back, bro. We get a higher lottery pick. Let's run things out. Let's see what Pippen does. Let's see what Gigi does. Let's see what Vince Williams does running the show the rest of the season. That is what the majority of Grizzlies fans that I know want. Shut JJJ down. That, that's the feeling that I get. So just... Be cautious of those two things, the small little bits of info regarding Lamello, regarding Bain, regarding Smart. Be aware of it. I don't know how I even got into talking about that, but that's where we are. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, you can add guys post, like through this two-week period to stash, to come back after the All-Star break, to pay attention to weird changes in rotations, to take flyers on guys, because you don't need the waiver ads to get maximum streams in because that ability doesn't exist. There are three te- teams, Milwaukee, Minnesota, and Portland, who play two quality games in the first four days. Now, for Minnesota, they play the Saturday in the second part as well. But for Milwaukee and Portland, these are their only quality games. So if you're looking to stream them, they are the teams to look at early in the week. So it's a Leaky Beasley, Bobby Portis, Patrick Beverly, um, Minnesota guys I already just mentioned. Well, that was probably 10 minutes ago before I started ranting. Uh, the Portland guys, like, who knows? They've got a million guys in the injury report, but you're looking at a Jabari Walker there. You're looking at Scooter Henderson, who I think is going to have a pretty strong role post-All-Star. And that's one of those teams where is there a decision made across the break where it's like, all right, from here on out, Scoot is starting over Brogdon. Not just saying he will, but that's the sort of thing that can happen across that period of time. And again, I, I went on too long there, but I hope you got the message. Today's episode is brought to you by Nissan. Are you the kind of driver that likes to push things a little further? Ever wonder what adventure could be right around the corner? Our friends at Nissan have a lineup of SUVs with the capabilities to take your adventure to the next level. The 2024 Nissan Rogue is perfect for city drives and great escapes. Class-exclusive Google built-in is your always updating assistant to call on for almost anything. Gone are the days of connecting your phone. You've got Google Assistant, Google Maps, and Google Play Store built right into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system. The 2024 Rogue is the perfect mid-size crossover for your next adventure. Nissan's incredible lineup also includes the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. It has room for up to eight, an expansive cargo capacity, and advanced available 4x4 capability. With 284 horsepower and up to 6,000 pounds of towing, when adventure calls, the Pathfinder is there to answer. So take the Nissan Rogue, the Nissan Pathfinder or the Nissan Armada and go and find your next big adventure. Shop NissanUSA.com. All right, let's go through. We've gone the stream zone again. Understand there's very little streaming going on. Schedule quirks. The Thunder have only one game in the first half of this matchup. 
So in the Monday through Thursday before the break, the Thunder have one game. The Grizzlies and the Heat have only one game in the second half. So there's all those high-volume days, but Memphis and Miami have one game in that second half. And in the second half of that schedule, like I said, there is only one quality game day, the three-game Saturday. So some interesting, weird parts of the schedule happening across this period of time. Uh, Back-to-backs. Again, a lot of these days are high-volume days, so the back-to-backs won't really matter. But Monday to Tuesday, we've got Milwaukee and Minnesota with a back-to-back. Tuesday to Wednesday, remembering Tuesday is the low-volume day. Tuesday to Wednesday, we've got a lot of teams. It's Brooklyn, Boston, Detroit, the Lakers, Heat, Magic, Suns, and Kings. So we're watching the Al Horford, Christos Porzingis rests there for the Celtics. And that might enable you to stream in a Xavier Tillman on Tuesday. But watch for that one. Is Cade going to sit for the Pistons? On the back-to-back, then you're really going to be looking at Sasa a lot in that one there. Miami should be all right. Orlando, it's Markel Fultz, and whether he plays or not. You've got the Suns and the Kings, who should be okay and pretty exempt. And then Ben Simmons for the Nets, which will open up a lot for Dennis Smith and for Dennis Schroeder. For the next bunch of games, we've got the Wednesday-Thursday to end the first half of um, the matchup. The Warriors, the Grizzlies, and the Jazz play that combo. If you want to look at the, again, I talked about it already, the Tuesday-Thursday quality game, pseudo back-to-back. It's Milwaukee, Minnesota, and Portland. And then if we look at this, this is where things start to get really interesting. The Thursday to end week one before the All-Star festivities start and the Thursday to begin, they'll re-begin the season, the Jazz and the Warriors play both of those days. Now, Thursday before the break is a low-volume day. Thursday after the break is not, but the Warriors and the Jazz play that combination. So if you've got a Warriors guy, you'll play him Thursday before the break, and then you'll get a chance to use him again after the break, depending on how your roster looks. But it does it gets more interesting than that afterwards, because if you go to the Wednesday and Thursday in the first half of the matchup, and then go to the Thursday to begin the second half, the Warriors and the Jazz play four, uh, three consecutive days, Wednesday, Thursday, Thursday. And for the Warriors, it's even more. They play four days in a row. They play Wednesday, Thursday, All-Star break, Thursday, Friday. Now, that's because of the rescheduled game between the Warriors and the Jazz. But for fantasy basketball purposes and NBA game days, the Warriors are playing four consecutive days. Wednesday, Thursday, Thursday, Friday. So the four game days in a row, the Warriors are going to be on. Now, I said they've only got one quality game, and that is that that, uh, Thursday there. But the value of Steph... And Wiggins, or probably not Wiggins, Steph and, and um, Kaminga in particular, you get to use them four days in a row. The Jazz, three days in a row. Thursday, Friday of the second half of the week, just ridiculous. Look how many teams play back-to-backs. Charlotte, Cleveland, Denver, Warriors, Houston, Clippers, Lakers, Pelicans, Thunder, Sixers, Suns, Spurs, Raptors, Wizards. Wow, that is too many. That's a lot of teams playing those back-to-backs. And then at the end of that week, well, there's not that many. Friday to Saturday, it is just the Minnesota Timberwolves. This one here, Thursday to Saturday, this is the gigantic leap. That is Thursday to end week the, the first half of the week before the break. And then the next quality game is the Saturday of the second half. And the only team that has that combination is Minnesota. Like we said, they're the only team that has the three quality games. So they're the only team that has that gigantic pseudo back-to-back. And then the weekend to end things out, it's only the Magic that have the Saturday-Sunday back-to-back. So again, an incredibly weird schedule this week. I'm not going to go through and tell you who plays three games in four nights because it's all so messed up with so many days in between that the load on players is not as high as what it would be in a normal situation. So we're just going to skip that part. If we're in a weekly league, these guys are all worth adding and starting for this two-week period. 
Nick Richards, there is no other center in Charlotte. Yes, Grant Williams might play some center, but Nick Richards, they got five games. He should be rostered. Chris Dunn's minutes will push, I think, from like 18 to 23, 24. With five games, that's probably enough. But also, they're a team that could make an adjustment through the All-Star break where they come out and say, yeah, from here on out, Keontae George is our starting point guard. From here on out, Taylor Hendricks is our starting power forward next to Walker Kessler. That could happen in the middle of this time period. Pajemski with the six games, Keontae George with the five. We're just watching that to see if they make any change. His minutes might push two to three up. There's still going to be issues with his game, of course. Marvin Bagley, we just got a roster him, I believe. Um, I think he is more important than Rashawn Holmes. And then Jeremy Sohan with the five games there as well. The Miami Heat play the three games. That is obviously way less than everybody else. But if you're in a weekly format, I think you can still start Jimmy Butler and you can still start Bam Adebayo. I wouldn't worry with anybody else like Tyler Hero or Terry Rozier. Butler and Adebayo, the two guys that I would be looking at in that situation. And that brings us to the end of the week 17 slash 18 slash all-star break fantasy matchup. Go ahead and double bang, subscribe, thumbs up, leave your comments, ring the notification bell. And guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for watching, everyone. See ya.